0: On this episode of Resi Week, Americans love music, five things about Sono's amp, and RTI's new training program. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week.
1: The network for the AV industry.
2: What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This.
0: This.
3: This
2: is, is AV Nation. Nation.
3: This
1: is AV Nation.
0: This is Resi Week, episode 157, Training Grows Sales. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by
1: Access Networks and by Chief, the global leader in commercial AV mounting solutions.
0: Welcome to Week. This is your weekly wrap up of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for avnation.tv. And today I'm pleased to be joined by my good friend, Ken Eagle from Atlona. He is the director of training. How are you, sir? Wonderful. Thanks, Matt. Thank you so much for being here. Then we have Arlen Schwager. He is the managing editor of CE Pro. How are you doing, my friend?
3: Doing great. Thanks for having me on.
0: Thank you so much for being here, and last but not least, we have Tony Savona. He is the VP of Content Creation for Residential Systems. How are you, sir i'm good. thanks. Thank you all for joining us today. This is a essentially a special episode we 're recording this on Friday before ISC opposed to our regular Monday because we'll all be in uh, either the air or Amsterdam getting ready for Integrated Systems Europe. Uh, So let's jump right into uh, our first story of the day. This comes to us from strategy.com. Nielsen has reported that Americans' love for music is unwavering. As you've come to expect from our good friend Ted, uh, this article covers every aspect of this story, uh, specifically going over some really crazy numbers including a 49% increase in on-demand audio song streams up over last year. That is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Some of the other fun numbers that popped up were that Drake's God's Plan uh, was streamed 1.5 billion times, and that, yes, was with a B. What I wanted to get into this and definitely read into this, there are some fascinating numbers, including the vinyl number. Uh, which we're, we're all told, especially from any of our our, our industry friends or uh, consumers that like vinyl, that this just continues to surge. This year, it's up another 15% over uh, 2017. That's 12 years in a row that it has increased. Um, so definitely check that article. Lots of really good stuff. Ken, I want to start with you on this. When we look at this as kind of an industry, kind of as manufacturers, um really just as the industry in general, what is the takeaway from these kind of Nielsen reports? What, what can we do with this to kind of either further or, or know that our companies are on the right path?
1: Well, first of all, I think this is, this is great information. This is great news. Um, the fact that consumers are interested in music and want to play it is exciting. It means it's great for manufacturers. Uh, the question is you know um, how do we how do we engage with those customers so so that we can also make some money off of these amazing numbers that are, you know for streaming this content into homes primarily and so I think you know you look at this and you go um, how, how do we get involved with those customers because a lot of the shift that we 're seeing now is to these streaming services and i 've got them in my house now, Alexa you got these Equidots dots all over um, how, how do we educate the consumer or raise awareness that while you have this amazing convenience for this audio, you can still be interested in great sound and uh, you know, great speakers, great amplifiers. You can still take the convenience of getting all this stream and apply it to your high end equipment and still purchase that. We need to make sure we stay on top of that. Or else I think we could get overlooked in some areas
0: for convenience. Very good. Arlen, when we look at this data, can we rely on this type of very broad industry data to actually kind of focus your company or or your integration firm based on, you know, vinyl sales or, or any one of these other numbers? Is that something that you can pull something out of here and say, yeah, yeah, we're going to go down this path?
3: Well, you know, the one question I had looking at the numbers and, I can't talk about it with my own car because my own car is 10 years old. But I'm wondering how many of the streams are from uh, people listening in their cars. That's just as an aside. You know, I think the numbers, you know, they really bode well for vinyl. Certainly, I think that's really caught on as a, you know, a trendy thing, even more so than just a, a listening thing. So I think you know one of the things that integrators need to consider, especially if you look at the types of songs you know, the popular music that's being streamed, I would say, you know, it's a good time for them to kind of self-assess their own demonstration systems, you know, see if they can put together their own numbers on the demographics of, you know, the ages of who's coming in, who's making appointments, and, you know, who might be looking at being upsold into some higher higher caliber systems. Uh, I You know, I will say one thing in terms of both vinyl and um, just... Audio products in general, speaker products in general that, you know, integrators can do for something like this is really kind of pump up, you know, maybe even the starter systems where you get some kind of that good, better, best, you know, starting with the good systems and then go. And, and one thing that struck me when I was reading this is here in uh, where I am in North Carolina, Audio Advice is obviously a top integri- integration firm. And I'm always seeing you know, they run a good, a really good Facebook program where they do a giveaway where it's a real, you know, it's a nice, simple system. They do uh, what I've seen, a turntable, some active speaker, pair, a pair of active speakers. And something like that, I think, you know, at very basic, really hook uh, current listeners. And then, you know, once you have them hooked, I think then, you know, they can become clients for life
0: very good tony when, when we look at you know kind of what arlen was talking about with hooking um but specifically with that that vinyl pull to me every every number i saw in this article vinyl was that one that kind of was the takeaway of ooh, this is something that really fits our channel is, is specific enough that we don't get lost in all the noise is this resurgence of vinyl is this something that you know, A, is worth hitching your, your cart to, but is it something that's sustainable or is this something that is, you know, again, just going to kind of fade out over time?
2: Well, I have been one of those people who experienced vinyl the first time and I keep thinking that it's going to fade out again, but uh, <laughs> it appears not to be. And, uh, and, and um, Arlen made a good point too, and how much of this the statistics here Is actually personal listening. Um, And it's really convenient now. And, and as, uh, as Ken said too, the, the availability makes it really simple just to, you know, for someone to speak command, the streaming services have more content than ever. They're doing fantastic. Almost anything you can want is on there now. They've built that up over the years. So there's, there's all that great stuff and a point to grow with, with vinyl in particular though, as you said, I think that's a place for someone to actually not have music coming through speakers, not, not, listening to headset. It's, there's a whole experience with vinyl there mm-hmm. that definitely leads to a good opportunity um, for a lot of the a lot of the channel. And I think it's something that while I'm not necessarily hitching a ride to, it definitely should be among the offerings. And um and and it, even within that, the quality that they can get from today's technology and from what's being released now, it's it's pretty outstanding. And I think uh I think that would actually even help vinyl live on even further. It's it's definitely uh something that could be a part of
1: your business plan. Hey, uh, two other comments, Matt, if you don't mind. So I I have two teenagers in the house and they both listen to vinyl. In fact, Christmas this year, that was on the big item on the list was they wanted records. So I think that's kind of cool. You know, there's something interesting about having that tangible piece of music that my kids mostly have grown up in the era of MP3. So you know, they don't even own CDs, so to see them own vinyl and be excited about it is pretty cool. So I think we, uh, for anyone who's going after that market, make sure you've got something in mind for that younger audience, too, because I think they're interested also. And secondly, uh, going back to the streaming services, uh, I was thinking about this the other day when I was reading the article. Uh, there's, I think, a um, a big revival for small artists for older artists for artists you haven't heard of in a while to get back into being listened to again because i was streaming some music um the other day i just said you know using the voice command play some 80s music and all these songs came back from like oh i totally forgot about that song it's so awesome and you know if i'm doing it there's like a you know 10,000 people doing that and we're pull- pulling some of these deep tracks back up again that we forgot about and i think there's probably a lot of people pretty excited that their music's getting played again
0: Yeah, it's been fantastic to watch that. I experienced the same thing Uh, two days ago. I was in a store and they played an old Paramore track. And I went back and went, oh man, I love them. They were awesome. And instantly before I got back to the truck, it was loading it up in Apple Music and and playing a bunch of their stuff. Yeah, I have their albums, but I don't have them in my truck. But I do have Apple Music and everything else with me. Not that this is an endorsement of that, but you know, Um, it is fantastic. All right, gentlemen, let's move on to our next story of the day. This comes to us from Residential Tech Today. Five things you need to know about the new Sonos amp. If you've been uh, living under a rug uh, or a rock, Sonos announced uh, earlier this fall that they had a replacement, essentially, for the original Sonos Connect amp with the new amp that supports a a whole host of new features, including uh, significantly more power, Uh, AirPlay 2, more than 100 streaming services, and HDMI ARC port for hooking it up to a TV. Uh, Arlen, I'm going to start with you on this one. Um, And and Jeremy Glowacki goes through five uh, very good things about this product, so definitely check that article out. But Arlen, I was at this presser where they debuted this um, back in, gosh, I, I think October uh, with actually Julie out of your office as well, mm-hmm. we got to get hands-on with this and play with this a little bit. I wanted to ask you, really, a, a, honestly, a fairly simple question: Is this a true CI product? They've got their slate of, you know, consumer, you know, really focused products. Right. The Connect Amp originally was a CI product. They kind of, shall we say, got away from that. Is this a true return? with the power bumps, with all the...
3: I think absolutely. Yeah, I I think so. And, you know, I've I've talked to enough installers over the years that, you know, I I have always heard a lot about them installing connect amps everywhere. So, you know, that was one way that they were, you know, really taking Sonos to the next level and, you know, really making profits with it. And it seems like this is Sonos is saying, all right, well, you thought that was great. You know, this has everything that your channel is going for now. Like you said, the power, the power itself, it's huge. You know, that's uh, um, that's one thing. It's got everything they want to stream out of it. It's got, you know, Alexa capability, um, you know, the new APIs that they're doing. It seems like they're, they're really saying, all right, we've got a lot of integrators on board already. Let's give them this, you know, the step-up product and go from there. And... I, I think it's only gonna make the company even more successful. The price point seems you know pretty still fairly well spot on for, for dealers. I, I think so. I mean you could tell me how, how you you feel about it in terms of uh, from the integration side, but to me it seems right there.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's not bad. Let us put it that way. Um, the hard thing that you sometimes run up against as an integrator, which which I am, um Putting it side by side with a a play one for two hundred bucks sometimes can be a challenge, but again, it, like anything, you just have to tell that story of of why it's worth a little bit more. Tony, Sonos has had their shall we say run-ins with our channel a little bit. Uh, they've had some ups and downs. They were the darling, then they were the outcast, then they were the darling, then they were the outcast. All you have to do is go on social media and you'll see somebody within the industry who loves them and somebody who absolutely vilifies them. Is this a product that, you know, it was touted as being the new thing for integrators where they listened to integrators? Does this still fit that mold, having been out now for, you know, two months, give or take, of something that they actually listened to the, the dealer on?
2: I think in some cases, yeah, and then in some cases, there's, you know, still some ways to go. Uh, I think they definitely. I mean, you see results of them listening. Like, there's definitely parts of this thing that show that they they valued the input, but also on the other side of that, there's still it didn't exactly wasn't it a, a full home run. It 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 kind of fell uh, somewhat shy there. But as you mentioned, though, you know, everyone knows who they are. Um, so you're going to have to deal with it no matter what. Um, so, and I think that's what, I think this makes that a little easier. Uh, I, I, cause it, you're going to walk into it. It's going to be there. Um, and I think that the, uh, the Sonos amp, I think makes it more possible, you know, makes it easier for them to integrate it into their, into whatever systems that are being built.
0: Very good. Ken, one of the biggest things that really, when I was at the event kind of blew me away was how much work they're doing with APIs. They were a somewhat closed company for quite a long time. And, and you well know, working for a manufacturer, there's a lot of manufacturers that are really one or the other. There's not a ton of middle ground there. Are we in an age where you have to have an open API? You have to play well with others to be sustainable in both our market, but really just the actual industry.
1: Yeah, I think we are at the beginning of that stage. We're right there. I can tell you as a manufacturer, and products that we're coming out with now and and dabbling in the control space, you've got to have the API. You've got to be able to talk to other partners. Um, If you don't, what happens is you're just going to limit where you can do business at because ultimately somebody's going to want to interface with your product. They're going to want to bring you into a project somewhere. And if they can't talk, if they can't work with your product, you know, you're all alone. Unless you own the whole thing, I mean, unless you're somebody really big, you know, then maybe you've got a case for keeping it closed. But if you want to get into the market and play, especially in this new world of Alexa and Google and you know these streaming home services, and everybody wants to talk to every device,
3: yeah, I think you got to find a way to be able
1: to play. Very good. Matt,
3: you know, one other thing that can't be overlooked, um, you know, that we should mention in terms of the CI channel is just the relationship with Sonance. It's mentioned in this article as well. Yeah. You know, they, they, at, their booths were right next to each other. They said, you know, it was a coincidence at Cedia, but it really, you know, you got to see the, the partnership on full display. You know, if you just think about uh, not only residentially, but commercially, how many Sonance architectural speakers are all over the place, you know, it's a really good chance for, for Sonos to, you know, be back on that popularity and all the functionality of it. Well, and let me, let me pull that for a second.
0: The, the Sonance connection was a really big deal. But what I think kind of got overlooked even more so was the fact that they're enabling true play for those three uh, three lines of Sonance products. How big of a deal is it for them to make that? You know, it, it's not just a hey, we recommend these, but it's it's a full on we've got voicing for right.
3: those. Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a key part of it. You know, it's showing that it's. It's not just a, um, kind of a me too type of thing. It's that, you know, this is what integrators are looking for. This is what they do. This is how they customize uh, projects for for their clients.
0: Very good. All right, gentlemen, let's go on to our next story of the day. This comes to us from Residential Systems. RTI has launched a multi-tiered RTI Excel training program. Uh, this is not completely a, a fully foreign concept to RTI they've always had fantastic training but they've kind of upped the ante this year in their new RTI excel it is a comprehensive curriculum that is allowing dealers to learn effectively at their own pace combination of online as well as tech top webinars and a some on site training that's being held uh, kind of around the globe they do have an RTI excel experience which is a 3 day hands on in minnesota uh, Tony, I wanted to start with you on this one. RTI, like everyone else, uh, seems to be investing more and more and more into training, especially with things like on-site training, which in the past has not been that big of a deal. There wasn't that big of a draw to pull in you know, integrators to you know, a, uh, their headquarters for a three-day thing. What is change that has caused this type of uh, renewed investment into education from manufacturers to be so prevalent?
2: I think... um... You know, we heard about it uh, last year. Cdia was a big topic. Uh, was is finding qualified people in the in the workforce, uh, or to bring people in. Uh, and part of that is, is is not just finding the right person, but it's also getting them trained. Mm-hmm. And uh, in CDA themselves, the the organization, their focus is actually something very similar to what RTI is doing here, where they're doing. Um, and I think you're going to see more of it too. This multi-tiered approach, where they could do it online, which is convenient for the for them. But then there's also an on-site thing, which shows a commitment, and also you get a hands-on thing that you just can't find in an online training program. So I, I think this 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 is an answer to uh, to the workforce. it's, it's getting you know, it's training people uh, in different ways, in better ways, getting them up to speed uh, on your products, and um, you know, and and getting them out there.
0: Very good, Ken. You are the perfect guy to talk to about this. Hey man, I love to see that training's in demand. <laughs> and I was so happy when I saw the article and saw that you were scheduled. I was like, excellent, this is who I wanna to talk to. What I wanted to ask you, um, everybody offers training. I don't wanna get into you know who does training better, et cetera. What I wanted to ask you though was, what is the difference, and what is the output difference between online you know, webinar-based or uh, self-paced or instructor-led, but online versus in-class, hands-on? Yeah,
1: so very good question. What I would say first about, about training in general is for anyone who's, who's interested in growing their training business, training is a function of sales. That's how I've approached it. I've built two very successful training programs for different manufacturers. And you have to look at it as such. Uh, Why do you invest time and money into a training program? Because you want to grow sales. And what does training do for you? It helps to ensure that your customer has a good experience with your product each time they go out and touch it. Because they've been trained on it or at least they know where to go and get the answers or how to use it. If they have a good experience with it, they're going to sell it. It's engineers and installers have a good experience with it. They're going to be okay with sales guys specking it into the next job which means we're going to sell more of it. So training needs to be focused around sales. It needs to be tied to your sales program. And there needs to be some out, measured output from training that it affected sales in a positive way. Now, how do you do that training? Uh, online versus uh, instructor-led live courses? Two different philosophies, both extremely effective. And the thing is, people learn in different ways. Some people love have an instructor in front of them they need to be in class with the computer or the book or the equipment in front of them and they need to go hands-on have somebody walk them through it so you have to have that training because some people are going to learn that way Uh, but there's also people who may or may not learn that way but either way they can't get to your facility to take training and you can't get to their state or their country or somewhere or their native language to be able to do a live training for them so the online training fills in a huge need because It gives you 24-7 access. It can, depending on how you record it, it can bridge language barriers. I mean, we translate our training into five different languages. Uh, And it allows people who aren't near you to be able to get to the training when they need to get to it. So it may not offer that visceral hands-on experience, but it does get the knowledge out there and gives them an avenue to learn your product and have a chance at being successful with it. So both pieces are
0: equally important. Let me ask you one one quick follow-up as integrators, especially business owners or you know department heads or, or whoever's making that decision of where and how to get their people trained, is it up to them to have a, a good understanding of how their people learn or does it just kind of become that ad hoc, hey, we're going to send a bunch of people to Minnesota in this case versus we're going to keep a bunch of people in the back office sitting with a laptop and some headphones.
1: So I guess it depends on your business model. I mean, if you're going to send someone out for training um, it's a lot of time and a lot of money and it may make sense depending on the product. For example, if there's, you know, um, getting into the world of networking is a big challenge for a lot of AV guys and sitting down with a network engineer configuring a switch, plugging things in, and getting AV traffic onto that network, often is much better done in person than it is online. So, you know, as the integrator, I think you gotta look at that, not necessarily who your your learners are, but what the content is, and how it's gonna drive your business. If it's very important, and it's, you know, and you talk to the manufacturer, and they say, this should be done hands-on, find a way to do it hands-on. But as a manufacturer, You need to offer more than just one avenue of training so that you can fit that customer. I don't expect the customer to adjust to fit what I offer. I expect, as a manufacturer, to offer a number of avenues so that I can match up to
0: that customer's business model and they can work with me. That's fantastic information. Arlen, I'm going to give you the last word on this one. Um, We continue to be essentially bombarded within the industry from all kinds of manufacturers telling us to take their training, uh, get trained on their new gear, their way of doing things. We see it from the industry associations like Cedia and like Infocom or Avixa. Um, We see it from everyone. What is the best approach for integrators to figure out where to spend their training time?
3: Well, I think they have to, you know, they have to look at their own offerings and see you know, what kind of products and what kind of systems um, are they true experts at? And that way, when they go to their clients, you know, they can show them proof. They can say, hey, our, our, our technicians have, you know, the highest caliber uh, ability to do this as proven by these training certificates and things like that. Um, I think especially on the automation side, where a company like RTI, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty competitive field. You know, you have a lot of great companies that can do so many different things. That you know, you want to be able to differentiate yourself, be able to show your expertise in that, and then how you're able to customize everything. With something like an RTI, it's the difference between you know what people might think of as having a smart home if they've got an Amazon Alexa device, and you know the difference between that and what true home automation can bring to a home that's you know say 5,000 square feet or something like that. I think, you know, I would say integrators need to look at at what their staff is like. You know, what what their um, talented team is. You know, you might have someone on your team who's the AV expert, or just the audio expert, or just the video expert, and then the automation guy. I think there's room for for everyone, so that that could be one way to approach it. Uh, but you know, a lot of guys, if you're a, a small shop, say one to two people, you know, it might be it might be. You can't go to all these things. You have to be pretty well-rounded. But, you know, I think automation is a huge separator for integration firms. So, you know, that's certainly a good way for them to start with that.
0: Very good. All right, gentlemen, thank you so much. That's all the time we have today. Uh, Again, thank you for a fantastic uh, conversation there specifically about Uh, training. Ken, if people want to connect with you, learn more about Atlona, learn more about your training programs, and also potentially stop by and see everybody at ISE, where can they do that?
1: Yes, thanks again, Matt. Um, So you can reach me at Ken.Eagle, E-A-G-L-E, just like the bird, at Atlona.com. And you can see us online at Atlona.com. Click on the training tab, that will take you to Atlona Academy, where you can access all of Atlona's training programs. You can see our live instructor led uh, schedule and our webinars, and you can access our online education form too. It's all completely free. Uh, and please, if you're in Amsterdam for ISE, stop by the booth, check us out. A lot of cool new products we're showcasing this year. Uh, we will be at Stand 5, that's Hall 5, uh, Stand U120.
0: You 120 Excellent. Thanks again for joining us. Arlen, my friend, uh, thank you so much for uh, taking time today. If people want to connect with you, learn more about CE Pro, uh, as well as what kind of coverage you guys are providing at ISC, give us the rundown.
3: Matt, thanks a lot for having me today. Uh, you know, you can go to cepro.com. Uh, I won't be at ISC. Um, you can find me at uh, just Arlen Schweiger on Twitter. But I would say you can follow uh, Julie Jacobson, our, my esteemed colleague, at Julie Jacobson on Twitter, and she'll be at ISE, as she has been for most years in the, the recent times. And you can follow her coverage on social media and at cepro.com.
0: Excellent. Thanks again. Uh, Tony, my friend, thank you so much for joining us as well during this lovely Arctic Vortex If people want to connect with you, learn more about residential systems as well as the coverage that uh, Resi and the the whole team there at Future is providing at ISC, where can they do that?
2: Well, thanks for having me, Matt. Appreciate it. Uh, They can reach residentialsystems.com. We'll have updates all throughout the show. I'll be walking the floor on Twitter, ResiSys, R-E-S-I-S-Y-S um and also we have a daily newsletter that's going to have news in it you'll have that coming out and if you're interested in the commercial side you also have avnetwork.com uh, for the takes from uh, av technology and systems contractor news as
0: well fantastic all right gentlemen again thank you for joining us for myself if you'd like to find me or connect with me you can find me at mattdscott scott on twitter and every other social platform we will be tweeting fairly extensively uh, over the course of ISC next week. But more importantly, please stop by TV. You'll find this show as well as a wide variety of all of our other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you support them as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week.